Hi everyone, I'm Pankaj Mishra and you are listening to the Outliers podcast. It's a podcast, a series of conversations with outliers. Welcome to this series of conversations we are doing to understand how Notion works. And uh, I'm really thrilled uh, to be joined with David Tibbetts, uh, who has been with Notion for a while. Uh, he's an early uh, member of the team, uh, has watched uh, Notion's journey uh, through the early days, and I believe has some amazing user insights to share with us. So David, welcome to this podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Uh, let's start from the start, David, uh, before we uh, jump into more specific questions about uh, the, the, the user journeys that you have seen. Uh, when and uh, how and why did you land up at Notion? When, how and why? Sure. Um, <laughs> so uh, I joined the Notion team in uh, late 2018. Um, I had just finished up a, a six-month bootcamp course in uh, UX design and UI design, and I was looking for uh, a new role. Um, and I was just uh, flipping through some uh, jobs that I'd found on AngelList, um, which is a popular uh, job site for uh, startups. And uh, as I was flipping through all these job descriptions, I, I noticed that um, this job posting for Notion was just written in such a unique way and had such an opinionated voice to it. And uh, there was such an honesty about how the role was described. Um, it wasn't really the role that I wanted. Um, I thought that I wanted to jump straight into a kind of a junior designer role, and this was a support role. Um, but the company just seemed so promising and intriguing. So um, I wound up submitting an application, and uh, I actually downloaded the software and used it for the first time uh, maybe 15 minutes before uh, chatting with Akshay over the phone. Uh, who is the COO of Notion? Uh, and of course, on the on the call, I was like, "Oh yeah, familiar with Notion. I've used it before." Um, but uh, eventually, that wound up culminating in me joining the support team at Notion, um, with the understanding that I wanted to kind of develop some new skills and uh, have the opportunity to, um, you know, learn some more design centric uh, functions of the role as well. But um, at the end of the day, I'm incredibly grateful that I was able to uh, start my journey at Notion uh, on the support team, uh, just because it gave me an incredible amount of empathy and understanding, uh, not only of the product itself, but of the people who are using it, um, which parts of the product felt the most confusing. And uh, I was able to take um, everything that I learned on the support team uh, with me to the marketing team where I work now. Well, amazing. Uh, so David, uh, when you joined Notion, uh, what what when you and you and when you uh, you know started uh, the work, uh, what did you see uh, when it comes to the early days of Notion? You know, what were the things that you believe defined Notion back then as, as a company culture uh, and even some of the user journeys? Hmm. Well, I think that there's a lot of the most important parts of Notion as a company are still just as true today as they were back in 2018. But uh, at the end of the day, there are some things that you can get away with as a 10 person team that you can't get away with as a 50 person team. Um, and I think that um, back in those early days, uh, we were pretty 
uh, intent on staying as small as possible for as long as possible and doing things um, pretty differently. Um, one example of that is that um, we never ever sent any internal emails as a company. Uh, we still don't, uh, but we only had one Slack channel um, to encourage transparency. If anyone had anything to say about anything, uh, the whole company could chip in. Um, and of course, once you uh, start growing to 20 employees and 30 employees, uh, something like that wasn't uh, sustainable anymore. Um, hmm. So I guess that's more on like the the internal side of things, uh, but kind of a peek into what the early uh, culture was like. But in terms of the, the user journey itself, uh, I think that we've seen uh, a lot of expansion in the way that people use Notion uh, and the kind of people that we're reaching. I, mm -hmm. I think that a couple of years ago, you could have compared our early users to very much that early adopter mindset that you would have seen in an early um, in an early Apple customer, uh, someone who um, is willing to try something different, uh, someone who's willing to try um, a tool that they're not as familiar with um, because they do see the value in it. Um, but over the past couple of years, uh, we've seen so much growth and we've been able to see Notion be adopted um, at larger companies and um, by folks who don't necessarily fit that uh, kind of developer mindset, um, early adopter mindset. Yeah. That's fascinating, actually. And one of the things I really wanted to understand from you, David, is we are seeing a lot of uh, you know non-developers uh, who are users of Notion uh, create uh, new things or, or build stuff using Notion. Can you give some examples on that front and help us understand, you know, how it's really happening? Yeah, I think that's something that goes right to the core of um, what we're trying to do here at Notion. Uh, and I think that we're very aligned with the, the no-code movement. Um, of course, Notion is an excellent tool if you are a developer. Uh, we have features like native syntax highlighting for dozens of different programming languages and uh, different features that engineers really appreciate. Um, but the greater mission of Notion is uh, much larger than that, I think. Um, and I think one of the first examples that really helped me to understand uh, what people were using Notion for, it might sound kind of trivial, but uh, there was one user here in San Francisco who, um, you know, she worked remotely. She was a, a freelancer um, and she always uh, worked from her laptop in coffee shops. Um, so what she did is she made this public database of cafes uh, throughout San Francisco uh, with a number of properties. Does this cafe have Wi-Fi? Does this cafe have accessible power outlets? Um, do they have pastries available? Is it an acute location? Um, and she just compiled this giant public uh, database that anyone could benefit from um, and publish it without ever having to write a single line of code. Um, and I think that really helped me to understand that um, you know, because Notion is so modular and because we offer all of these different building blocks for people to uh, do what they like with, um, there's really no limit to what you can build and how far you can share it with others. Wow, that's really interesting. And what an example, David. Uh, the other thing is, uh, how do you listen to the users? Like, what is that engagement like? Uh, how do you really help them? Because not everybody is going to come up with a great idea of how to use Notion. Uh, so what is uh, the playbook there? Yeah, and, you know, to be very candid, I think one of Notion's biggest strengths is also one of its biggest challenges. Um, and that's that Notion is an incredibly flexible product. 
Um, but the unfortunate side of that is that a lot of users suffer from kind of white canvas syndrome, uh, where you know you hear your friends talking about Notion, uh, it looks really cool. Let's go ahead and download it and see what it's all about. Um, and then you're left staring at this kind of uh, empty canvas that you can do whatever you want with, but um, that can be a lot, a, a bit overwhelming to folks. Um, but to answer a question about how do we listen to our users, I think this is something that we're really incredibly lucky to have. Uh, something that I'm always reminding the team of is that um, at a lot of companies, you have to, you know, offer some kind of incentive for users. You know, uh, we'll give you a $50 Amazon gift card if you answer a few questions about our product and what we can be doing better, um, or you know, yeah. spamming people's inboxes with an NPS survey. Um, but we're so incredibly lucky to be in this position where our users are very vocal about um, what they want to see next in the product. They're very vocal about what they find confusing and uh, what they find um, they get the most value from. Uh, so through the in-app support chat, through Twitter, through different social media channels, uh, we receive literally hundreds of pieces of feedback every single day. Um, and our support team, where I started at Notion, uh, we do an incredible job of making sure that all of this feedback is categorized in a really intelligent way um, so that when it comes to prioritizing our roadmap and deciding what to build next, uh, we really have real data to look back on and say, well, we could, we could build feature X or feature Y, um, but it looks like 600 people have requested this thing versus only 40 people have requested the other thing. Um, that's just a very trivial example, but um, because of how much feedback we get on a daily basis, it really helps us to understand where we're falling short and what we should be doing next. Yeah, absolutely. And and if a product is loved, uh, you know, uh, really deeply by many, this feedback can be overwhelming at times, right? So how do you, uh, you know, separate signal from noise, as they say? Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, there's going to be some features that do have a ton of requests. Um, of course, the age-old example is that uh, people will ask for a faster horse when you're trying to build a Model T. Um, and I think we do run into that from time to time. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think we can separate out um, the noise from the signal a bit by uh, just asking a lot of questions like, uh, especially coming from the support side of things and managing Notion's Twitter account and social media. Um, there's always the temptation when someone says, hey, it would be great if Notion had a Google Calendar integration. Uh, what you want to say to that person is like, yep, sounds good. I'll add your vote for that um, and then move on. Um, but what's really valuable to our product team and our designers um, is to ask follow-up questions to that person. Why do you want a Google Calendar integration? How would you want it to work? Uh, what pain point are you experiencing in your workflow right now um, where you found that you wanted this feature and what did you have to do instead? Um, asking more and more questions will oftentimes unearth um, a much larger pain point. Um, or maybe the user was asking a question because they're trying to figure out a workaround uh, because of a much larger issue. Um, so I think being really intentional about uh, following up with users, why you want this feature, um, what is the pain point that you're trying to solve, what part of your workflow are you trying to minimize friction in, um, the more follow-up questions, the better. And um, that feedback really can be gold to our product designers and our, our product team. 
Yeah, very well said. Uh, David, if you were to pick uh, some of the, you know, most uh, inspiring or, uh, you know, user stories uh, so far that you have come across that have either inspired you uh, or, you know, helped you, uh, you know, love Notion or stay here, uh, you know, what would be, can you share some examples of user stories that have touched you the deepest? There's been so many stories. It almost it almost becomes overwhelming, uh, to be honest. There's we get yeah. you wouldn't believe how many love letters and um, how many positive uh, messages we receive every day. One that immediately comes to mind is um, we recently did a number of kind of in depth case studies with uh, different users around the world who are using Notion, um, not just in their workplace, not just as a as a corporate tool for. Um, you know, managing tasks or what have you, but how they're using it in their personal lives as well. Um, but uh, there's this woman named Amira who um, she uh, she wanted to find a way to um, share recipes with her mother and start to cook more of the the recipes that she she grew up with um, these Tunisian recipes. And uh, she wound up training her mom on how to use Notion. Um, and uploading all of these recipes. And it became a way that the two of them um, from across a great distance could um, have this thing that connected them and uh, give Amira the tools that she needs to um, kind of document all these things, all these dishes that she grew up on um, and be able to share those with others as well. Um, so I found that particularly heartwarming um, on more of the, the personal side, um, but on the more like business facing um, side in terms of like the the problems that Notion is helping people solve in the workplace as well. Um, there's a company called Blinkist um, who uh, eventually they're able to run their entire uh, recruiting system uh, out of Notion. Uh, recruiting was a big challenge for them, and they were able to automate those processes um, and you know bring a lot of uh, kind of calm to the chaos, if you will, um, and it helped them to to scale up the company and. Uh, Kind of fix a big pain point that they'd been having for a while. Um, there's an unending number of these stories, and uh, you know we've heard from multiple folks that they were able to cancel uh, upwards of ten different uh, software subscriptions after adopting Notion in their company. Um, that was the case at MetaLab. Um, they used upwards of twelve different tools to manage different parts of the business, and they were able to uh, consolidate all of those into one place uh, in Notion with a lot less context switching throughout the workday. Um, so that's what kind of, you know, whether it's something like sharing recipes with your mom or running an entire company off of Notion, um, it's really what keeps me coming to work every day. And what gets me really excited is knowing that there's this huge, huge range of, um, how people are using the product and the problems that it helps them solve. Yeah. Wow. That, that's really fascinating because, uh, a lot of us who saw Notion for the first time, I don't think we imagined the users would be so diverse. The other thing, David, is uh, as someone who's been part of Notion uh, since early days, uh, how do you describe the culture at Notion? Uh, how do you describe what makes Notion internally? How is it like working there? Um, I, I've worked for a few different uh, startups over the years. Um, and I think... Uh, Something that I learned after working for a number of different startups is that um, oftentimes they do become kind of an echo chamber 
um, you convince yourself that everybody cares about your latest fundraising round. Uh, everybody cares about your latest feature and everybody knows what your company does. Um, and it can be really easy to kind of convince yourself of your own importance and success. Um, and I think that something that really feels uh, particularly unique to me about the culture at Notion um, is there's this kind of overwhelming sense of humility and honesty that trickle down from the co-founders, Ivan and Simon. Um, I've never really felt as much license as I do at Notion to be extremely and brutally honest about uh, the shortcomings of the product. Um, we just don't think there's any value in if someone is pointing something out to us that we know could be better, that we know is broken, um, there's no use in beating around the bush. Um, even in a super public forum like Twitter or, um, you know, if we invite users to our office to have um, to have lunch with, um, we're always willing to be incredibly honest about uh, what we're doing well and what we're not not doing so well at. Um, and I think that's been really refreshing versus other cultures that um, do have a bit more self-importance. Um, but aside from that, on more of a day-to-day -day level, I think um, the company has been uh, kind of slow to grow in terms of headcount because uh, we have such a high bar for uh, the folks that we're hiring. Uh, we're willing to pass on on candidates that don't meet that very high bar, um, which can make recruiting uh, a challenge when we really need more hands on deck. But uh, the result is that um, whether we're coming into the office or uh, we're all working remotely right now, you really get a sense that uh, everybody's in it to win it. Everybody is incredibly hardworking um, and incredibly smart. And when you walk around the office at 3 or 4 p.m., uh, there's a real culture of like respecting others' um, deep focus and uh, you know getting work done. Um, but there's also a culture of um, you know something that we have been doing from the very beginning when we were able to work out of the office before the pandemic um, is having lunch together as a team every single day. Um, taking trips together as a team a couple times a year. Um, and that helps us to know each other as humans. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's really refreshing to work in a place um, that's so honest and so uh, transparent. Yeah, absolutely, David. And, you know, a final question I wanted to ask David is, uh, we, we talked about users who love Notion uh, and who grow uh, into loving uh, Notion and doing different things. Uh, how do you manage users who, who uh, you know, who don't love, uh, you know, it's not love at first sight uh, or, uh, you know, a user who, who, who's complaining? How do you manage uh, those cases? I mean, how do you approach uh, users who are frustrated? Or, or irritated, or, uh, you know, the other side of uh, you know, loving uh, it, actually? Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, one that's certainly not unique to Notion. Any, any company is going to have upset users, no matter how good your support team is, no matter how good your product is. Um, there's always going to be people who are upset or frustrated. Um, and oftentimes, the people who get the most frustrated when you really sit down and try to understand where things went wrong, like, Oftentimes, the frustration is warranted, and we've all had those experiences ourselves. Um, I think, first and foremost, like I mentioned before, um, not beating around the bush with someone. If someone is reporting a bug that we are already aware of or uh, reporting something not working that we know could be better, 
um, there's no point in going back and forth and, you know, could you send me a screenshot of that or um, tell me more about this issue? Like, uh, we're willing to be very transparent about, um, you know, known issues in the product. Um, but I think there's, uh, especially on the support team at Notion, uh, there's definitely a culture of generosity um, and making sure that we we end on a good note. Um, there's a book that um, our head of our uh, community and support team, um, Janelle Shiyazaki, um, mentioned during her interview at Notion, and uh, eventually Ivan, the founder, um, became really interested in this book as well. It's called uh, Setting the Table. Um, and there's this chapter, it's all about hospitality and um, how to make people happy in a restaurant setting. Um, but it's really important that you uh, write a, a great last chapter um, is what they refer to it as. Um, and making sure that, you know, if someone is complaining on Twitter or in the in-app support chat, um, that not only are we following up, what well, following up with that person to make sure that we're understanding their issue and, uh, make sure that it's resolved, but, um, you know, reaching out to that person, even if it's sending them, um, a sticker in the mail, even if it's giving them three months of a free premium subscription, um, just some kind of gesture to make sure that. Um, we're ending on a good note. And that's something that we find really important um, and always going to be way more productive than um, going back and forth in a support thread. Oh, that That's really fascinating. I, I think that kind of defines the culture as well, David. Uh, thanks so much for your time, David. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a joy to be speaking to someone who's been part of this journey. Uh, so stay well and thank you again for your time. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun.